You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good Monday show for you. The final four is set. I think if you listened on Friday, I gave you a lot of leans that ended up going the right way. Or maybe you didn't and you lost some money. Sorry. But anyway... We've got a lot to cover. I'm still in California. Today is my last day. For the next two months, all my recordings will be back to normal at home. I don't leave. I don't have another trip until my fan appreciation party in Vegas in the beginning of June. So be home for the next two months. We've got a lot to cover in today's podcast, and we will get to that momentarily. So let's backtrack a little bit. Let's talk first off of what happened on Friday, which is the two remaining number one seeds in the tournament were bounced. Bama loses to San Diego State. Houston loses to Miami. And for the first time in NCAA tournament history since seeding started, we had no number one seeds in the final eight, in the Elite Eight. It's never happened before. And after both Bama and Houston went down on Friday, I was in a bar hanging out with Dave Neal, watching both of those go down, and I was like, holy shit, everybody's bracket is busted at this point, because my gosh, that meant, before the Creighton-Princeton game even started, that meant that San Diego State, Creighton, Princeton, Florida Atlantic, or Kansas State was going to be in the national championship game. Something that I guarantee zero people had. <laughs> I mean, well, I shouldn't even say zero because I've got a stat coming up for you that I'm finding hard to believe, but we'll see. Anyway, um, I mean, you're like, how did San Diego State beat Bama? Well, one, I told you I liked the points. I thought that was too many points. And I told you at the end of their Round 32 game, when they beat Furman and they showed head coach Brian Dutcher in the locker room with the team, he said, look, I will gladly congratulate any team that is better than us and and they can beat us on the court, but I haven't seen one yet. And I think that instilled a lot of confidence in his team. Bama shot three for 27 from three-point range. Brandon Miller, who's going to be a top three pick in the draft, the guys involved with the gun incident and all that, he was terrible. He was absolutely terrible on Friday. Doesn't mean his draft stock is going to drop at all. He had a bad game. But that's what I mean. When it's one and done, all it takes is just one guy having an off game like Brandon Miller did. And the whole team shooting three of 27 from three-point range. And that's a team that relies on its three-point shooting. One bad game, and they were gone against a very, very good defensive team. So San Diego State moves on. Houston, that one surprised me because I don't want to say they were never in it, but once they fell behind by 10, they didn't really ever make much of a game of it after that. Miami pretty much controlled the pace and controlled the whole game. I guess I'm really surprised. I don't know how badly Jamal Shedd and uh, Sasser, Gerald Sasser, not Gerald Sasser, um, forgetting his first name, but Sasser, I don't know how badly they were injured because they just didn't look right. And for Houston to not even compete with Miami, I mean, look, they didn't lay down. They didn't get blasted, but good Lord, it wasn't close. They never really made much of a game out of it. And then you're just like, wow, 
we have no number one seeds left in the Elite Eight. And, yeah, it never happened before in the history of college basketball. And now Alabama, after that loss, they have 10 losses, 10 consecutive losses either in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. This team cannot get over the hump. And that's going back, I don't know how many, I don't know what the years was, but uh, yikes. That is that is a lot. Um they can't make it to the final four. They're just they they're stuck either getting booted in the Elite Eight or booted in the Sweet Sixteen. But that's ten straight losses in the regionals and uh, either the regional semis or regional finals. Uh, the other games, Creighton beat Princeton. Princeton hung in there, took a lead in the first half by like five or six, but ultimately Creighton wore them down and won. And then um, and then and then Texas beat Xavier rather handily. So. Saturday's regional finals, we had obviously two on Saturday, and that was UConn against the Zags and FAU versus Kent State. What did I tell you on Friday? I said, look, my heart is with Gonzaga. I have them at 31 to 1 to win this all, but UConn's on a mission. And Drew Timmy getting 36 on UCLA was because Adembona didn't play. And I love Drew Timmy. I love the fact that he's a four-year player. Gonzaga, he's going to go down as probably top three player in Gonzaga history. But UConn threw two seven-footers at him, and you saw how much he struggled. Especially, with, look, they were only down seven at half, and that was because UConn hit a three right before half. They missed that. It's a four-point game at halftime. The problem was... When Drew Timmy picked up two fouls in the first two and a half minutes of the second half, that was all she wrote. They were never going to come close to beating UConn after that, and they didn't. They fell behind. I think they gave up the first. They're down by seven. It was 39-32 at half, and then it was 44-32, and Mark Few called a timeout, and I don't think the Zags ever cut it under 10 the rest of the game, and it got out of hand and out of hand quickly. Before you knew it, they were down 20, and then it got up to 30 at one point. I feel bad for the Zags. They probably overachieved. Drew Timmy said it in the press conference after the game. Like, look, most people don't even expect, didn't even expect us to be here. And I was telling you before the tournament started, I this is the Zags' worst team that they've had, but I could see them making a run. The problem is UConn was on their side of the bracket. I think the Zags, if they were in any other region, if they were playing Miami or Texas in the Midwest or Creighton or San Diego State in the South or FAU and Kansas State in the East – they're getting to the finals, but they got stuck in the wrong region. And UConn is on an absolute fucking mission right now. They look like world beaters. They've won all four games by minimum of 15 points. How they're only a five and a half point favorite over Miami in the final four beats me. <laughs> but are you going to are you going to take Miami plus five and a half versus a team that's won every game in the tournament by 15 minimum? I'm certainly not. I just, I can't. I, I'd be, you know, look, yes, all streaks can come to an end. And is someone going to win all their games in the tournament by 15 or more? I don't think it's happened very often. They got to have a close game at some point, right? But good God, I'm not stepping in front of the UConn train right now. That'd be dumb. They are, uh, they are just playing on a different level than everybody else right now. They are inside, outside, Justin Hawkins, and then uh, Sonogo inside. I, I don't. They have to have a really, really off game, and um, it is pretty amazing when you look at it. If they if they win it all, 
you know, we're a week away. You know, Saturday's the Saturday's the Final Four. Next Monday's the national championship game. If they win it all, do you realize UConn will have won five titles since nineteen ninety nine? That is that is some serious dominance. Five titles since ninety nine, if they win it on Monday. And I I mean, they are the heavy, heavy favorite right now. Because I think most people are going to look at this Final Four and say the winner of UConn Miami is probably winning it all. Because on the other side of the bracket, you got a five seed and a nine seed. This is the first time in Final Four history where three schools are making their first appearance in the Final Four. Clearly, we knew FAU had never been there. San Diego State, never been to the Final Four. Miami, never been to the Final Four. So that is a huge, I mean, I think it's great. Like, I know people are like, oh, we're all the blue bloods and who's going to watch this one out? I'm fucking watching it. Are you kidding me? I love this. You got a four seed in UConn, a five seed playing a five seed Miami. You got a five seed San Diego State playing a nine seed FAU. There are no top four seeds or top three seeds in the final four. Again, first time that's ever happened in NCAA tournament history. First final four without any one, two, or three seeds. So you got that. You've got three of the final four people teams never having even played in the final four before. I absolutely love it. I've been preaching it for two months. This is why I love college basketball. Not saying I don't like dynasties. I love. I loved it when Golden State won four titles in eight years and had the teams that they did and were dominant. I love dominant teams, but every once in a while, this is refreshing. And to see it play out, I, I, I think UConn's going to win this thing. I, I would never bet against them in these two games. Maybe they don't cover. Maybe they win but don't cover. If they, you know, against Miami, maybe they finally have a close game. I don't know. But I'm not going to be the one that says, you know what, I think they're due for a letdown. Not the way they're playing. No way. Here's something interesting that I saw on ESPN, and I'm like, wait, What? So ESPN has, you know, people can fill out their brackets and, you know, win prizes and money and shit like that. 20 million people filled out brackets on ESPN. That's a lot. <laughs> that's, that's a hell of a lot of people. 20 million filled out brackets. I'm sure, I'm sure people filled out more than one. I did in my bracket. I didn't do ESPN, but I did. I told you I've done four brackets and now all my national champions, or UConn is still alive, but I, I can't win because I lost too many games early on. Out of 20 million people on ESPN.com that filled out brackets, 37 picked the Final Four correctly. Now look, I know 20 million is a lot. And 37 out of 20 million is point like zero zero one two five percent Still, before the tournament started... You had 37 people that said, yeah, I have UConn, a four seed, playing a five seed Miami, and I have San Diego State, a five seed, playing nine seed FAU. Now, it makes sense that somebody who went to FAU or has a child on the team or goes to school, you know, anything like a current alumni or current student or whatever, decided, um, hey, let's put FAU in the Final Four. But if they did that, that's fine. I can totally see why they would. But those same people then also had to say, yeah, let's throw two more five seeds and a four seed in there. And the same thing with San Diego State. Someone who went to San Diego State, currently goes there, is a graduate student, is a parent of one of the kids, says, no, I think we're going to the Final Four. Great. 
but those people also had to put FAU in the Final Four. I, I'm stunned that 37 people out of 20, even out of 20 million, I'm stunned that 37 people has this Final Four. I can't believe that. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> I wasn't even close. I'm just like everybody else. I had one Final Four max in any of my four brackets, and that was UConn. And they were only in my Final Four in one of them, and that's the one I have them winning. But holy shit, 37? 37 people had UConn, Miami, San Diego State, and Florida Atlantic? Ah, whatever. <laughs> anyway, um, so getting to, uh, like I said, Saturday's games, UConn, Gonzaga, Gonzaga and then um, the FAU-K-State game was another. K-State played two great games. The, the, the Elite Eight game against Michigan State was... Up and down, back and forth. You love that game to watch. And then FAUK State was pretty much the same thing. Marquise Noel made a name for himself. You always have these guys every year in the tournament that maybe a lot of people hadn't heard of. I knew who Mar- uh, Marquise Noel was because of I had followed K-State this year, and I realized he was really good because he pulls up from 35 and has no conscience whatsoever. But to see him do it on a main stage and back-to-back. The guy had over 50 assists in four games, set a record, shooting threes. I mean, he was unstoppable. And he can come back for a senior year. He's very small. I don't know if he's going to go pro. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. But Kansas State could bring back all their starters except for Keontae Johnson if none of them decide to go pro. That will be a top five team next year if they all come back. I don't know what the plan is right now for those guys. I'm sure they're still deciding. Um, But a great game. And FAU, I mean, again, it is pretty amazing, but FAU is 35-3. and It's not like this is a team that, you know, just got hot at the end of the season or whatever. They've lost three games all season. They are 35-3. and They are a legit now, did anyone expect them, you know, granted, they didn't have to beat Purdue. They didn't have to beat a number one seed. They've beaten an eight seed, a 16 seed, a four seed, and a three seed. And, you know, all the credit in the world to them. I still don't know their team very well, but Dusty May is going to get a, new, a, a better gig than FAU. He will be hired. Uh, he will be the next hottest college coach hiring coming up for sure. If it's not this season, then it'll be next season when a big job opens up. He's going to a Power 5 conference. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's the hot coaching commodity now. Great game versus K-State. I mean, what can you say? Uh, another game down to the wire. Yesterday, the San Diego State-Creighton game, man, I hated seeing a 56-56 game get a foul called with one second left. Was it a foul? Maybe, but I don't think you call that in a game to go to the Final Four. It wasn't egregious enough. Same thing I'm going to complain about, like I said, about the Eagles in the Super Bowl. Technically, is it a um, is it a foul? Is it a penalty? Yeah, but I think you really have to take into consideration um, where you're at in the game and what's on the line. And you just can't call that. It wasn't egregious enough. I'm sorry. That game should go to overtime. Let those two teams play another five minutes. That was not a, that was not egregious enough to call a foul on Ryan Nemhard and have them lose by a point because his arm, his hand was on his side. He didn't shove him. It's just, ugh. 
Hated that call. And then the other game, Miami and Texas, I mean, shit. Texas was up 12 with like 12 minutes left. They were in complete control of that game. And Miami comes back. Here's the crazy thing. You saw the stat. Miami came back in the second half of that game and never hit one three-pointer. I don't know if we've ever probably seen that. And if, if it has, it hasn't happened very often. Where a team comes back from double digits in the second half without hitting one three-pointer. Texas just melted down. Their offense, as Miami started getting closer and closer and then tied it and took the lead, Texas's offense was helter-skelter. They weren't in sync. They weren't taking the same shots they were to build that 12-point lead. I was shocked at how out of sorts they looked. And Miami gets the win. They move on to the Final Four. And like I said, three of the Final Four teams, first time ever in the Final Four. I think it's awesome, but this is UConn's tournament to lose. If they lose, that's going to be a major upset. Especially, you know, just because they are the lowest seed left. There are four. There's two fives and a nine. No no five seed has ever won the national championship. No nine seed has certainly ever won the national championship. And UConn is a four. Um, No nine seed has ever advanced past the Final Four. We've had eight times a nine seed or higher has made the Final Four, and none of them have ever made the national championship game. Doesn't bode well for FAU, but I don't think any of them ever played a five seed either. But San Diego State, lockdown defensive team. And, you know, this was a good story because I'm sure you saw it on ESPN. Maybe you didn't. San Diego State was 31-2 and during COVID year. They were, they were headed for a number one or a number two seed in the NCAA tournament. They were 31-2 and when COVID hit. So that was a team that possibly could have made the Final Four because they were really good that year. Better than this year's team, certainly record-wise. This year's team, I think, is... What are they? Thirty-two and six now, thirty and six, something like that. But yeah, COVID year they were thirty-one and two and headed for a one or two seed, and uh, they got shut down. Didn't get a chance to uh, obviously play in that tournament. Nobody did because the tournament was canceled that year. But I, I'm glad, and and those guys stuck around. And now I'm glad to see it paid off for them. I love seeing stories like that. So congratulations are out to San Diego State, and I certainly think it's going to help them in negotiations. They're probably going to be in the Pac-12. They're going to sign a deal at some point, sooner rather than later, that San Diego State will now be in the Pac-12, and I think it's going to add uh, you know more credibility to that conference. The one thing I want to end this with is this. You know, you talk about San Diego State and FAU and Miami and, and UConn in the finals, and I, I know this sounds simple, really simple but when you look at the tournament overall like when it first comes out you know the the tournament's brackets first come out and you see all these teams you're like how can this team lose and how can this and bama loses in the sweet 16 and all four number one seeds are gone by the elite eight you just got to remember you don't have to beat every team in the field you don't have to beat 63 teams to win it all you have to beat six and you only have to beat the six in front of you And I'm not saying any of these people had an easy trip. Yes, FAU did not have to play Purdue in the second round. They got to play FDU. But they still had to beat a three and a four seed once they got to the Sweet 16 in Elite Eight. San Diego State went through a number one seed. Miami went through a number one seed. UConn went through a number four seed and a number three seed and also beat an eight seed. And yes, UConn did not have to play Kansas, but... That's what I'm saying. Like, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is beat the teams in front of you. So, yes, it looks like a daunting task. Like, oh, my God, how can FAU get to the Final Four? Well, clearly they did. 
they only had to beat the teams in front of them. They had to beat Memphis, Fairleigh Dickinson, Tennessee, and K-State. And here they are in the Final Four, and if they beat San Diego State, they are playing for the fucking national championship. And you just kind of lose sight of it because you see all these teams and you see all these big names and you're like, oh my God, how's this team going to get that far? You only ha- And you catch a couple breaks, someone gets upset, you get a couple breaks, you don't have to face certain teams, you don't have to beat every team in the field, you just have to beat the ones in front of you. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that. I know I do sometimes. Now, did I think anybody would have SDS, you know, San Diego State, FAU, Miami, and UConn as their Final Four? Apparently 37 people in the world did, and I still don't understand that, but... They did, uh, but just keep that in mind uh, for next tournament. I can't wait for Saturday. I'm going to be coming off, uh, you know, a high on Friday going to the Taylor Swift concert. But Saturday, April second, going to be a big day for me. Going to get to watch San Diego State and FAU, Miami and UConn, and then night one of WrestleMania. Are you kidding me? Oh, this weekend coming up, big weekend. Very excited for it. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. Much appreciated. Want to get as many people as we can listen to this podcast. Thank you all again for listening. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television.